Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity in the house of God with brothers and sisters. We give you praise this morning for who you are and what you're doing. And Lord God, as we come to you this morning, I just ask you to bless this word that you've given me to speak. And uh, Lord, I know that unless you use me, that uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm useless. So God, just touch this vessel right now to be in your will and your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. This morning I want to preach to you a message I call, What Do We Know For Sure? What do we know for sure? Amen? Uh, we have, you can be seated. Uh, oh, we haven't read the word yet. Have we? <laughs> okay, I'll have you stand up when I'm ready. <laughs> uh, but what we, uh, what we realize is that uh, this, what we think we know, we really don't know sometimes. So, and uh, I believe because of the word of God, we can know for sure before it even happens. So anyway, let's go on and read Acts chapter 8, uh, beginning with verse 1. Please stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore they, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in the city. You may be seated. Uh, now, the, first of all, I want us to know that the Philip that we're talking about here is not the Philip the Apostle. This is a Philip... The evangelist who was named a deacon in Acts chapter 6, verse 5. Uh, Philip is also mentioned in Acts chapter 21, I believe it's verse 8, uh, that Paul stayed in his house uh, in Caesarea, and that also uh, his four daughters prophesied. Amen? Amen. So uh, this is the Philip that we're talking about here in Acts chapter 8. He did die a martyr's death. Uh, and we're going to look this morning, like I say, I, I titled this message, What We Know For Sure. Uh, first of all, I believe with all my heart, uh, I got a little saying written down here, let Jesus do it. Can't stop it. Can't change it. Can't help it. So let's just let Jesus do it. Amen? Hallelujah. Let Jesus do it. Because it can't be stopped, can't be changed, and we certainly can't help him. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. So, uh, I, I, I want to read you something, uh, and I'm not putting, uh, this is by John Bevere, and I like to read his writings. Uh, I don't agree with him on this, but it's, it's a Jerry technicality. Does that make sense to you? But he's talking about uh, the science of probability. We would call it betting or odds, if you were betting on odds, okay? And it's, it's this, uh, 
for eight, just eight prophecies that we know for sure Jesus fulfilled. We know that he fulfilled all of them. But just eight of them. And uh, I, for sake of time, I'm not going to, well, I'm going to read them anyway. First prophecy is that Christ is to be born in Bethlehem. Prophesied in Micah 5 and 2. Fulfilled in Matthew 2 and 1, John 7 and Luke 2. The second one is Christ is to be preceded by a messenger. Prophesied in Isaiah 40 verse 3 and Malachi 3 and 1. We know this was fulfilled by John the Baptist. We read that in Matthew, John, and Luke both, all three. Christ is to enter Jerusalem on a donkey. It was prophesied in Zechariah 9 and 9, fulfilled in Luke 19 and Matthew 21. Christ is to be betrayed by a friend. This was prophesied in Psalms 41 and 9 and 55, 12 through 14. Fulfilled in Matthew 10, John 13. The fifth one, Christ is to be sold for 30 pieces of silver. Prophesied in Zechariah 11 and 12. The money for which Christ is to be sold is to be thrown to the potter in the is to be, to be thrown to the potter in God's house. Prophesied in Zechariah eleven thirteen. Fulfilled in Matthew twenty seven, five through seven. The seventh one, Christ is to be silent before his accusers. Prophesied in Isaiah fifty three and seven. Fulfilled in Matthew twenty seven, twelve and Mark fourteen. The last one is Christ is to be exalted by crucifixion as a thief. Prophesied in Psalms 22, 16. Zechariah 12 and 10. Isaiah 53 and 5 through 12. It's fulfilled in, as you know, in all of the Gospels. Now these are eight. That Just listening to them, you know that it's about a shout of doubt that it was Jesus that we're talking about. Amen? Now the probability of any one person fulfilling fulfilling this uh, eight properties just these eight not all the others I, I can't even quote the number but it's in one in quad zillion one in quad zillion now quad zillion is the next one after trillion okay one in quad zillion and to give that he uses an example here uh, if, if you took all the coins uh, the quadzillion coins, and you marked just one of them, and then took them and put them all in a helicopter, if it was possible, and dumped them, they would cover the state of Texas two feet deep. And then you went up into the helicopter, and you blindfolded, and you were blindfolded, and you were let down, and, and you're riding this helicopter, over Texas, and you tell the pilot, say, drop me down right here. And you pick up that coin. That's the chances that you would have for that. That's how it is. Now, this is man's way of trying to show how, how, how Jesus is the Messiah. But I have one problem with that thing. You see, it says it's one in quasir. When it's actually zero in quasir. We cannot ever take it to the point that there is any slimmest of chance that Jesus is not the Messiah. Because we know that he is. Yes. We know that. There's not one chance in anything in quad, 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 zillion, 20 zeros, amen. He is the Christ, amen. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what we have to begin and what we know for sure. Yes, 
the mission of Vision State for our ministry that we've had for ever. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Is to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. And I found that I know him more and more every day. Yes. If I want to. If I want to. But as we go and look at this, we realize something. Uh, we're going to look at Philip, and, and he, he actually, there's two different messages that he preached. Some to a, a group of people, and then to an individual, the Ethiopian. And we're going to look at what he preached, and the results of what he preached, and the reason for his success is because he knows Jesus. Amen. He knows Jesus. Now, there's a lot of things we think we know in this earth. Amen. Now, we know, we think we know the person we're married to. Right? Amen. But sometimes they surprise us, don't they? Amen. Good and bad. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on now. You won't get in trouble when you go home. Amen. But so you get... <laughs> but but there's there's things we think we know. we think that uh, when we get a good job and we and we worked it maybe for a few years we think we know that that is going to be there forever but sometimes it isn't isn't it Amen. there's circumstances and situations that change in our life that realizes that what we think we know we really don't know. Why is that? Because the things in our lives and the things that are, are, are on this earth are temporary. Yes. And they're not totally the Spirit of God. Sister Jan was talking about being sold out 100%, and we must be. Yes. But can I tell you something? I know for a fact that that's not enough. You can be sold out 100%, but you better have God leading you, amen, or you're going to be in trouble. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you're just a legalistic person trying to get somewhere that you can't get to without Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Are you hearing me? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I, I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. If I have to depend upon my own ability, I won't make it. All right, let's look and see what Philip. The first thing he does is, is of course, it says here that he's, he's preaching and, and uh, uh, there's many people getting saved and all of this. But let's look and see what he's preaching. The first thing we realize is that in verse 4 and 5 is that he's preaching the Word. Amen? And he's preaching Jesus. He's preaching the Christ. And in verses 12, verse 12, we realize he's preaching the kingdom of God. And Jesus' name. Now, we know, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt, not have no fears, no worries, no, no, no anything except the fact that we know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Amen. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. And we know that when he came to earth, that he was born of a virgin. We can know that. Hallelujah. Even though it is totally medically impossible, it did happen. We know that because the word says it and it came to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. We can know that. We can know the, the many wondrous works that he did when he was upon earth. We can know. That he did die a horrible death upon the cross. We can know that he was spent three days in the tomb and then rose again. Hallelujah. And then 
was seen by over 500, amen, and then rose again, hallelujah, and we know that he sits on the right hand of the Father, and we know that because he sent the Holy Spirit back to indwell his people. We know that. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's nothing that can change that. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens in our individual lives, no matter what happens in our families, that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and it can never, never change for eternity. We have to know that. That is the beginning of our faith. That's what we, as Christians, are totally dependent upon. We know that. And because we know that, we know that we can make every day of our lives with great joy. That he's talking about here. The people received great joy because they received the word that Philip preached. And what did Philip preach? He preached Jesus Christ. He preached his name. He preached the kingdom. He preached the word. Amen. And that's what we stand upon. And that's why we can live every day in great joy. Not because of something else. Not what we do. Not what we don't do. But because of what Jesus Christ has done. We can live in great joy. We know that. Yes. Do it. Go on. Now because we know that, not only can we know that we can stand upon Matthew 6 and 33 for our daily needs. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added on to us. Amen. Amen. So we know that. We know that. I know my times past. Those times when I just wasn't making enough money, you know, it was a struggle. I prayed to God. He didn't drop a big basket of money down. He gave me a really good job making more money. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You see, I'll better get off on that. I'll get off from my message. What I'm saying is that God will bless us and take care of us in a way that is best for each and every individual. Now, I believe with all my heart that if somebody was in a dire strait, he would somehow bless them. With me, he gave me a good job. He not only gave me a good job, but I had the opportunity to work as much overtime as I wanted. Amen. So you see, God blesses us the way we do. So, so, so we are no, he's no respecter of person, but he works with each person differently. But the thing we have to know is that he is Jesus Christ. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is the one that is directing our pastor. It's just we have to know that he is the one that is guiding our lives, guiding our paths. And despite the stumbles, despite the stumbling stones that that the devil puts in, despite the attacks and the bombardment, amen, glory to God, we're going to make it through. Hallelujah. And in the darkest of times, as I said, the darker the night, the brighter the light should be. Because we know, we know Jesus. Hallelujah. Philip knew Jesus. 
And because he knew Jesus, multitudes were saved. Amen. Lame men walked. Hallelujah. Demons were cast out. Amen. And the people received great joy because all of a sudden he showed them the Jesus that he knew. Hallelujah. And he talks about Simon the sorcerer. And he, 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 he had the people seduced. And how they thought he was all some great thing. But then when they heard the the preachings of Philip. And when they seen the signs and wonders that Philip could do by the Holy Ghost, they realized that there was something greater than what Simon had. Are you hearing me? Amen. We need to be careful and not that the devil deceives us to think that there is ever anything greater than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Because that is the power of God on the salvation. Amen. And because of that, we are doomed with power by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And because of that, we know, we know there's nothing greater. But the enemy will try to deceive us and trick us and discourage us. And as she said earlier, make us worry. The Bible says to fret not. In the midst of your struggle, fret not because God is with us. And if he be for us, then who can be against us? Amen. He that freely gave his own son, why will he not freely give us all that we need? Amen. Yeah. So it's what we know. It's what we know. So Philip, preaching, and then Simon ends up getting saved. And it says they, they, they've gotten saved, but the, they believe now. They are baptized in water. They hear about it in Jerusalem. They send Peter and John all the way over there to, that they might lay hands on them that they can receive the Holy Ghost. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not the only way you can receive the Holy Ghost, but it is one of the ways. Amen? So we see in this, in, in, in this chapter, we see the salvation comes in belief in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We see that you need to be that. That's how you get saved. I don't want any misconstruction here. Amen. But then you also need to be baptized in water because it is. It is showing that you are dead and raised and buried and raised up again in the likeness of Christ. Amen. And that's what we are. But then it also says it's obviously very, very important to the early church. Amen. To receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's because you need to be endued with power. But the problem with the church today is it's endued with power, not just to speak in another tongue, amen. That is not the end of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's then when you can rise up, amen. Rise and rise up above what you can do and walk through, amen, and go out and witness and be and show who Jesus Christ is. Show the one that you know everybody. Does that make sense? I hope I said that right. But we get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking tongues and sit down. I'm going to fuss on Pentecostals here a minute. Is that all right? When I first got saved, of course, I've been Pentecostal. I was raised Pentecost. Before I, before I got saved, I seen wondrous things. And I got saved in a Pentecostal church. Went to Pentecostal church. And then when God called me to minister, all of a sudden he's got me preaching in Methodist and Baptist and 
Episcopalian and all these other kind of churches. And he was showing me something. He showed me the Spirit's present in all of them. Amen. And Pentecostals have dropped the ball. Amen. Because they think it's just about receiving a gift. And the only reason you see, receive a gift from God is so that you can go out and do what he asked us Amen. to do. Hallelujah. And I'm just, I'm just going to shoot this really straight. Now, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm going to tell you the way it is. The Baptists are doing more of the work that the Lord has asked them to do than the Pentecostal at this point in time. Amen. Preacher, Amen. Oh, preacher. Oh. Lord, I'll get some comments on Facebook on that one more. Hallelujah. But it's a fact. And when we come in one mind and one accord, I'm not just talking about Jesus as Lord. I'm talking about coming together with the Baptist church in the corner. Yeah. Amen. I'm talking about coming together with any church that's preaching Jesus Christ yeah. and Him crucified so that we can gain the lost. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's more important than your little ideology. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Lord, you better keep my back on this one. Hallelujah. Bless you, I believe that was all that I am. Yeah, preach it. Because I don't read anywhere in here. Every time I read about a division in the church, it's a bad thing. That Paul and Peter and John and James and everybody has to go out and try to fix. Am I making sense to you? Maybe that's what we need. We need some ministry to go out among the people and to take care of this division that's among the churches today. There's nothing wrong with having a different type of church. Nothing wrong with that. But that don't make them wrong because they, they aren't lined up with what we say. Right. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Right. The greatest move of God I've ever seen. I sit in a three or four rows of preachers. Baptist on one side, Baptist on the other. I'm sitting there speaking in tongues and they're just praising the Lord. Amen. But we're all in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's a great work done for, for three, what was it, three months, I think. And God moved. And the services were, they had to be the biggest churches because of the crowds. So they take turns between the Baptist and the big charismatic church in town. It's the only two churches big enough to hold it, so they go weak about. And then finally another town joined. And it was a Methodist church. So we went up there for a week, amen, because it was big enough to take care of the crowd. That's the way it's supposed to be, amen. Yeah. There should be no jealousy or animosity. There should not be no that I'm the only one that knows the truth. Amen. Come on now. The only one that knows the truth is Jesus Christ and He crucified and He's trying to teach us that. That I know. Oh, I, forgive me. I got off track. Did I just really have a problem with that? Also, have a now. Let's go. I don't want to preach my opinions this morning. But I know that God, the, the keys that we're seeing in, in Acts is prayer, one mind and one court. Yes. Are you hearing me? One mind and one court. And of course, the Holy Spirit and its work. Jesus said, the works I do is the works of the Father. He made it plain. The only thing he did was what the Father told him to do. And we need to ask ourselves this morning, are we only doing what the Father is asking us to do? 
Maybe that's why the Spirit isn't multiplying what we're doing because we're truly not doing what the Father is asking us to do. Believe me, I've asked myself that. So, anyway. So, anyway, let's, let's look at the results. Let's look at the results of, of, of the of Philip's preaching. Multitudes were saved. Miracles and healings. Demons cast out. There was great joy. Many baptized in water. And the Holy Ghost was given. Now, I do, I do have problems with people that say that the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is no longer, or the gifts of the Spirit are no longer, because then they're going against the Word of God. Amen. Okay? Amen. All right? So, because we see here that Peter and John were sent to baptize them in the Holy Ghost. And the people were already saved. They believed. They were justified. They were baptized in water. And they had received great joy. Hallelujah. So you can have all of that. Amen. In other words, when you get saved, it was indwelling of the Spirit. And that Spirit is to lead and guide and direct you and teach you into the all things of the Word of God. You receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be endued with power. Amen. Yeah. To be a witness for Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And man himself is the one that's caused all the conflict. Because we misuse what God has given us. Amen. I didn't know I was going here this morning, church, so bear with me, okay? But we misuse the gifts of the Spirit. A lot of times when people speak in tongues in the church, it's out of order. Mm -hmm. now, I can't go there. I don't have time. Because we have, I have to prove that. But anyway. But uh, we misuse it. And of course, we all, we all know the stories about how, they, how they're supposed to speak words of knowledge and prophecy and, and wisdom to people. And the preachers in the past, they got little earphones in their ears and they're being secretly told things. Amen? That's not, you don't have to manufacture God's gifts. Amen? You don't have to manufacture what God has given us. Amen? We just have to walk in it and believe it. If we believe by faith, amen, that God can do miracles. Amen? If we believe that God is able to do the impossible, hallelujah, and walk in that, with faith, glory to God, miracles will happen. Signs and wonders will follow the word. Are you hearing me this morning? And we just have to get back to the a fine basic principle. What do we know? Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Lord. Do we know it or we just say it? Bless him, Lord. Do we come to church expecting signs and wonders? Come on. Do we just come to church out of obligation? Come on. Tell you a story. I don't know why, Lord. I, I really don't want to tell you this, but I am. I was pastoring a church years ago, and I heard somebody ask somebody else. wasn't talking to me or about it, anything in my life. And he said, "Why do you go to the church you go to? Would you go there if it wasn't because so and so was there?" And then he asked this. He said. Would you go there if you weren't in leadership? And boy, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I realized that if I wasn't pastor of the church I was pastoring, I wouldn't go there. That was scary. And I thought, oh dear Lord, what am I doing? So I, I started seeking the Lord, should I be pastor? 
And I had to start asking myself, why do I go? You see, I want, I want us to come to church because we come expecting. Yeah. Because we're excited about the opportunity to be at Jesus' Lord family worship center. Yes. Amen? That, that's what we need to realize. You see, because you come to the church, the church is the body of Christ. And we should be excited to come and be a part of the member of, of this particular body yeah. of Christ. Amen? Yeah. And because of that, hallelujah. And, and, and what we do is, is that we know that Jesus does signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Those that, that uh, preach the word, signs and wonders, should follow the word. Amen. Now, I know if you're, if you're preaching to a bunch of stiff-necked people, amen, that's just there to pass that time or to do their duty, amen, it's going to be difficult. But if you'll pray to God and seek God, hallelujah, that when you come, signs and wonders will follow, amen. And what we need to do, I'm praying to God. God sends sinners through that door. God sent addicts through that door. God sent people that have been destroyed through that door. God sent them because we want the greatest sign and wonder you can do is a change life. So I want you to be excited about coming to church. And just break your heart because you can't be there. We weren't here Tuesday. But I, I that in my mind and spirit, I was here. I'm a strange person. There's things popping in my head all the time. All of a sudden, that, that song, there's no place like home for the holiday. <laughs> this is home to me, amen? <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I, I got a bad habit of speaking what I think sometimes. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but it is home. There's no place I'd rather be. <laughs> Glory to God. What do you know? Do you really know? Philip knew. And because Philip knew, he preached with his whole heart. With his whole heart. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He preached the word. He preached the kingdom. He preached in the name of Jesus. We have a power of attorney in the name of Jesus. Did yeah. you know that? We pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. So, so we know beyond the shadow of doubt that, that Jesus Christ. Uh, let's 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 go to John chapter sixteen. What does can anybody quote me John sixteen and thirty three? We hear it all the time. It says this. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation. You shall have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I believe it's Matthew 27. It says, all power has been given unto me. So we realize that, that Jesus Christ is the one in authority. Yes. Now I know his time has not come. Spiritually, he is an authority. When he comes back on the second coming, not the rapture, the second coming, that's when he will take complete control upon the earth. Are you hearing that? Amen? Yes. 
politically and materially and every other way. Spiritually, he has all authority. And when I say spiritual, that means he can make anything happen any place he wants to at any time, anywhere. Amen? Amen? Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay. So, so we realize he is all power. So what does it say here? He says, so that you might have peace in the world, you shall have tribulation. In other words, he's telling us. He's telling this world stinks sometimes. Sometimes life just isn't going to be a bowl of cherries. Amen. Sometimes there's going to be pain and suffering to go through. Yes. But he said you can have peace in those times. And the peace that you have isn't from something you see or that you hear or that you feel. It's in the fact that I have, I have been given all power. All power upon yes. earth. That's what you can have good cheer about. Because he conquered the devil. Yes. He's defeated sin. Yeah. Yeah. Demons tremble at his name. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. Do you know it this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. So we know that. First of all, second of all, we know that we have been doomed with power. He said in Acts chapter 1, he says, wait for the promise. Whereby you may be endued with power. We are endued with power. He sent men out in the New Testament and gave them authority over devils. Hallelujah. That's the power that we have. We have power over devils. The Lord says, resist the devil and he must flee. Come on. So we know. We know that he is king of kings and lord of lords. And we also know that he, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords has endued us with power to walk in what he wants us to walk in. Are you hearing me? No matter what happens in our lives, we have power and authority to walk on through it. Glory to God. Because he's endued us with power. We know that. We know it. My, my, my. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I, I just want to share. We were in a service at the church in Chattanooga, and our daughter had come up, and Joe, our youngest one, her and the boys, and we had a good service. So the Spirit had moved, and everybody was up around the altars. And uh, she was standing beside me, and all of a sudden, and, and it, it came out of my mouth before I even really knew I was talking. I turned around, looked at my daughter, and says, there's, there's dark coming. You're going to have to go through something that's going to sound really terrible. And it's going to bring fear to you. But God wants you to know that it's going to be all right. So after the service, she asked me, she says, when's this going to happen? What's it going to be? And I said, I told you everything that God told me. And I told you. I said, therefore, you've got enough to know that whenever what happens happening, going to happen, you'll know it. And you'll have peace about it because it's going to be all right. Was it two weeks later? Two weeks later, she called me and says, well, it happened. And to be honest with you, I didn't know what she's talking about. She said, it happened. I said, what time? She said, she said uh, I had a checkup, and they got some irregular, irregularities in my heart. And I, I, honestly, I can't remember what they were. Anyway, she had to run through all the tests, you know, that they do when you have a heart problem. And I just told her when she told me, I said, I said, what did God tell you? It's going to be all right. 
So they run through all the tests and what they thought they'd find, they couldn't find no more, and she was all right. Amen. And you see, that, that's God. That's God. And God does those things. And you say, what we have to do, what, what does the word say? To desire spiritual gifts. Now, why does he want you to desire spiritual gifts? So that you can help others, amen? They're not for us as individuals so that we can be great and mighty Christians, amen? No, they are to help others in their walk with the Lord, hallelujah. You are to bear fruit, amen? No, oh, i got to preach that message sometime. Because, because it's the fruit bearing in your life that shows where you are with God. Amen? amen? But he gives us the gifts. Of course, tongues is that for self-edification. But the, the gifts are really so that we can go out and help others. And they show the power of God. They show the realness of the Lord. But the church must come to the place that we know God still does size and weight. That he is still king of kings and lord of lords. And that what he sent to earth, he didn't take back. So if they're not working in the church, it's not God's fault. Not God's fault. Whose fault is it? <laughs> so, anyway. So, do we know that? Do we know that? Am I making sense this morning? Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. The next thing I want us to realize is that, that we know that he's coming back. We know that. Yes, and uh, let's, let's just let's go to uh, First Corinthians. Oh, yes, Lord. Let me find it here. Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read uh, verse 50. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In, the mo in a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Hallelujah. Glory. Somebody give him praise in his house. That we know. Now, here's things that, the, the, the things we've talked about before is things that have already happened, or they're happening. Now, we can also know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the things that that things are going to happen. Why? Because the word tells us that. We know there's going to be a rapture because the Bible speaks of the rapture. Let's go on down and read. You know, I, this really don't have a lot to do with what I'm trying to point or make, but I just love the scripture. Verse 55. Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? In other words, if you've got a loved one that died, amen, and even if it looked like they were suffering, amen, the, the sting of death, they did not receive it. Hallelujah. Oh, why? Because we have a God that we know even has victory over death. Yeah. Glory to God. Oh. Whew, it's hot in here. All right. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who giveth us victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians. Yeah, 2 Thessalonians. 
Now, why does God want to endure us with power? I've got to go back to that for just a minute. Why does God want to do us with power? Because I think I mentioned this last week or the week before. We, the church, the church is what is holding back the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. In other words, the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. That's the church being taken in the rapture. We are the ones. 